On this episode, we are going to talk about what it's like to be a Christian in Afghanistan today. We got a lot to get into, and some of it is going to surprise you. So let's get into it right now. Hey, this is Ryan S. Howard. Thanks for tuning in to my podcast. I call it Your Faith at Work because we want to get your faith out of the church and into the world. We were created to be intentional, influential, and impactful. I'm here to help you reach the potential God created you with, and I'll help you find confidence in your God-given assignments as you advance the kingdom every single day. And we're going to do that in work, in the culture, and in life. Learn more at ryanshoward.org. More Muslims are coming to Christ today than any other time in history. That is the great news. And that includes in Afghanistan, uh, where many many Muslims are coming to Christ today. And we're going to talk about that. And we're going to get into lots of details here uh, about what's going on over in Afghanistan, give you a nice overview. We're going to talk about who's persecuting Christians. We're going to talk about what they're dealing with. Um, what, how they gather, what it's like for them to access Bibles and uh, really give a good picture of what it looks like. And I'm going to talk about how you can support Christians in Afghanistan today as well. And a lot of what I'm talking about is coming through information I get from a ministry called Voice of the Martyrs. It's a ministry that helps persecuted Christians throughout the world. My wife and I love this ministry. It is so impactful. It's such great stories um, and testimonies that we hear about what these brothers and sisters in Christ are doing for the kingdom, these frontline workers in these very, very difficult parts of the world. And so today we want to highlight Afghanistan. Now, before we start, I want to just remind you of John chapter 4, verse 35, where it says, look, I tell you, lift up your eyes and see that the fields are white for harvest. My friend, the fields are white for harvest. And uh, well, let's get into it. Now, many people are coming to Christ today, as I mentioned, especially coming out of the in the Muslim nations. Uh, but, you know, the good news of of Christ reached Afghanistan way back in the second century, thousands of years ago, way back in the second century. But even to today, there are no church buildings in Afghanistan, zero. The cultural and religious opposition to Christians is is significant. And there are significant security issues as well, which we're going to get into a little bit. Uh, which is a huge challenge for all the mission efforts in in this Central Asian nation. And, uh, well, sadly, um, most Afghans have never heard the gospel, and most do not know a Christian. And, you know, they have been indoctrinated to follow Muhammad's teachings without question. And, uh, you know, very dedicated and without question. In fact, uh, questioning can be punished. And so it's quite a different world over there. And, you know, radical Islam and violent tribal political activity, these, you know, these make it a very dangerous place for Christians to practice. But there is a special unity among the Christians there laboring in Afghanistan. And now, of course, they're meeting in local house churches and, uh, you know, there's over 40 unique people groups, and, and like I mentioned, they're meeting in these house churches, these small fellowship groups, and 
there has been significant Christian growth, uh, especially among certain particular people groups, and they're coming to know Christ. And so, uh, but you know, 99.8% of Afghans are Muslim. So, I mean, that's everybody. And I think it's around 38 million people. But who is doing the persecuting in Afghanistan? Well, unfortunately, uh, it's both local and national governments. They are highly antagonistic to toward Christians and also extremist groups like the Taliban and uh, this ISIS. You know, everybody's heard of them. And there's one that might surprise you that I'm going to mention in just a minute. And and but the. I mentioned local and national governments. Well, now the Taliban have taken over, uh, thanks to the Biden regime and, and the activities with the with the embarrassing withdrawal. And I I recently did an episode on that. If you want to check that out, it's called Biden and Afghanistan. But uh, talks a little bit more about that. But the the last group that I mentioned where persecution is coming from is families and friends and communities of Christians. Well. What? Why would that be? Well, it's not legal to become a Christian. It's not legal to evangelize. In fact, it's a big deal. And I'm going to talk a, a little bit about a surprising reason why there's not so many Christians in prison in Afghanistan. And I'll get to that in just a second. But first, just a word in general about Sharia law the, with regard to women. Uh, there are no rights for women. There's no education for girls. There is no women in the workplace, uh, and women must be covered head to toe in a in a very dehumanizing burqa while in public places. That's the goal. It's a dehumanize. I mean, that's what it is. And you know, even in the communities where the Taliban are not, or ISIS, or these different extremist groups, and maybe where persecution isn't happening, many women are afraid to work because they know if those groups are to come in. Well, there's going to be a record of them working, and then they'll come after them at that point. So, very terrible uh, war on women. You know, that's even earned. I think it's earned the Taliban the reputation of being one of the top oppressors of women in the world. You know, and at the end of this, we're going to talk a little bit about defending freedom and how we should be supporting freedom around the world and not advocating for governments that are going the opposite direction. And that's what this administration has done in the U.S. is is to propagate that. And it's just it's such a sad, uh, difficult uh, reality over in Afghanistan. Uh, But, you know, there are. Um, you know, I've heard st- many stories of, uh, you know, Christians who their families, uh, push them out, you know, they may or may not, uh, come against them, uh, or they may just disown them. They may attack them physically. You know, this is all legal there. They could kill them, attack them physically for coming to Christ. So, I mean, it is serious repercussions, you know, it's not just, they're not getting invited to family gatherings. I mean, it's a banishing and that could have, uh, you know, very big repercussions. And so, uh, that's kind of getting into what it means to follow Christ in Afghanistan. And, you know, it, it just takes a, it just takes the seriousness to another level. You know, the Afghan Christians cannot worship openly and, you know, they must meet in their homes. Like I mentioned, other small 
venues and evangelism is forbidden, like I mentioned. So it's just a, such a terrible situation there. And, you know, Christians and those who are seeking have to be highly secretive about their faith or even their interest in Christianity. And, you know, there over the last decade, there's been a surge of arrests and uh, beatings and even torture and kidnappings. These are all routine for Christians in Afghanistan. It's the real deal, I'm telling you. And um, but I have heard stories about, you know, you saw these um, some of these people who have we've seen this persecution that was on the Internet and all these things. And and one of the amazing things is, is when we do see when they do see families that have given their entire family, have given their life to Christ. They're very committed, very serious. In fact, some of these uh, men who were on the beach and uh, were about to be beheaded, they interviewed uh, these families. Some of their families were able to get out of the country into neighboring countries that were, were safe, and they interviewed them. And they said that had these men denied Christ and came back, they would not have been accepted back into the family. Denying Christ is is not uh, not an option and praise God for that. You know, they, they, it would, uh, that's just mind blowing. That's just incredible. I mean, that commitment to serving Christ, uh, it's just is incredible, but back to what it means to follow Christ in Afghanistan, you know, the, um, the house churches are growing. I mean, there are, um, you know, waves of Christians are, are moving out to neighboring countries, like I mentioned, but the Afghan house churches are growing. They're continuing to grow. So like I mentioned, that harvest is white. The fields are white for the harvest and uh, they continue Muslims. Many of these people in these nations uh, of Afghanistan continue to come to Christ. Now I mentioned that, uh, well, there are a small number of Christians who are actually martyred every year in Afghanistan. And, uh, but their deaths are typically, uh, happen without public knowledge. It's uh, just happening. And that's different in some other nations where it's more public. But um, I mentioned that there are few Christians in prison in Afghanistan. Well, why is that? Well, there is a unusual reason, reason for that. It's because Christian converts from Islam are often killed by family members or other radicalized Muslims before any legal proceedings can even begin. I mean, just what a horrible situation. I mean, so it's very um, difficult. You know, I think you're getting that now. But what about Bibles? What about access to Bibles? Well, uh, you know, since there's no churches, no Christian bookstores in Afghanistan, you know, Bibles are available pretty much just through underground ministry networks and in digital formats that it's very um, impactful to have these digital formats available. Uh, there's very little access to printed Bibles and owning a Bible actually is very, is extremely dangerous. And most believers do not have their own Bible. Think about that. How many Bibles do you own? You know, I've got, I don't know, 12 maybe including study Bibles. And I've, you know, how many more on the computer and the phone and all this. And my wife's got Bibles and we've got my, I mean, it's just, it's a plethora, but how often, how much time do we spend in those? I mean, this is the word of God, you know, so that's convicting. There's these men and women following Christ. They don't even have their own Bible. They may have a page that they're just hanging on to, trying to memorize it and then switching that with someone else. I mean, it's just, uh, 
completely different world. And so really, you know, we, it kind of turns us to be thankful for what we have and how we need to be praying and warring in the spirit uh, and speaking out for these Christians over in Afghanistan. But I'm going to get a little bit into that, but just, just voice of the martyrs, you know, the, some of the stuff that they do, and you can go to persecution.com. That's their website. And I'll put some of that links in the, in the show notes. But what they're doing is, you know, they're providing Bibles to Afghan Christians. They they have TV and radio broadcasts. They have discipleship training, frontline worker support, and other just practical spiritual assistance for for those who are there in Afghanistan on the ground. And there's a special focus on outreach to the, the persecuted women and widows of martyrs. And uh, it's just incredible uh, the work that this ministry does. And so we can be praying for uh, protection and provision of local believers and their families. We can be praying uh, that they will persevere through the difficult persecutions, that the Bible will continue to be translated, that work will be done, and radio, TV, social media ministries, uh, praying for believers who gather in fellowships for prayer, encouragement, and worship, and support for each other, uh, and praying for greater access to God's Word through, like I mentioned, those translations uh, to every language and all these different tribal groups. And also pray for frontline workers, uh, doing evangelism and discipleship in these house churches and and that entire families would come to Christ because like I mentioned some of that persecution a lot of that persecution is coming even from uh, family members of people who come to Christ and so we want to pray that God would direct all of these Afghans um, to come to know Christ and especially even those who are in leadership of these Islamic terrorist groups there are stories of leaders of these different areas, um, radical Muslims, just having visions of Jesus. And they come And some of these uh, ministries in these different countries, these, these uh, missionaries will go stand outside um, the mosque and just say, have you seen the man in white? Have you seen the man in white? Because they're seeing these visions of Jesus appearing to these Muslims. And they say yes. And then they go and they, they talk about Christ with them and they end up giving their lives to Christ. And it's just incredible. Um, but you know, many of these uh, leaders, these leaders, some of them are coming to Christ and that's a big deal. So we should be praying for that too. So if anything I said stuck out to you, uh, be praying for that, add it to your list and, and we'll talk about other countries as well, but Afghans, um, you know, the, what this administration did just, uh, I want to talk a little bit about now the, the history of, of what's happened, you know, in, in 1996, the, the uh, Taliban took over Kabul, Kabul, who, which is the capital. And they really ran 90%, they controlled 90% of Afghanistan. And, you know, since like in 2001, and then that's really when, uh, you know, since the attacks of nine 11 in 2001, the U S began bombing these Taliban military sites and driving this group from, uh, Kabul, the capital, and eventually from power. And so over the last 20 years, that's been the reality of driving that out. And then this abrupt, um, you know, international embarrassment of an exit um, really 
undid a, a, a lot of that, put a lot of people in danger and lots of confusion and uh, go check out that episode. But uh, there's even been more developments since I published that episode on that. But this just speaks to the importance of freedom and being able to speak up. I mean, we're seeing Christian freedoms being attacked in other nations as well, even in the West. And so today, how many, how much cancel culture is there? How much uh, is your opinion not acceptable? How much is your conscience not acceptable if you don't agree with what everybody says or the left? I mean, this just really speaks of the importance of standing up now standing up now and speaking out and saying what you have to say. And <clears throat> this is where, you know, we start to say, well, I don't want this to happen. I don't want that to happen. I mean, there's a certain level of responsibility. We don't just go crazy over everything and just start throwing stuff out. No, we have discernment. We have the spirit leading us, but we can't be um, protecting something God may want us to uh, put on the altar. And so, you know, I learned this uh, analogy from the Benham brothers. They talk about what God gives you with an open, hold it with an open hand. You know, if you have your cell phone in your hand, gravity's keeping it in your hand. You turn your hand over, gravity takes it out of your hand. And, but if you clench your fingers around it and you turn it over, you're working against that. And so now it's you who's holding it in your hand. So if it's that job or that relationship or friendship, whatever it is, um, hey, to, you know, give it to the Lord. And if that's, you know, just, Hey, let him deal with it. And if he's convicting you about something, you know, and that's why we really, we really need to be close to the Lord because he's going to convict us. He's going to give us the directions. We want to be walking in what the spirit's leading us to do, walking led by the spirit, not just whatever we, whatever wind, the way the wind is blowing. So we want to be led by the spirit. And so stand up. We need to fight uh, for our rights while we have them. These rights come from God. The government's job is to protect them, to uh, promote good and reward good and to punish evil. That's the thing. That's what government is supposed to do. And freedom is a gift from God and we need to protect it. And so, uh, but be in prayer for these uh, brothers and sisters of Christ uh, in Christ in Afghanistan. And uh, so I hope that gave you a, a good overview of, of what's going on. I hope that was a blessing for you. And I hope that uh, you will pray and partner with um, with Voice of the Martyrs and what they're doing. If you want to learn about more about the radical, the nine different radical groups of Muslims around the world today, uh, you can go to persecution.com uh, slash CFIE. I might've said dot org, but it's dot com persecution.com slash CFIE. And, uh, you can learn more about that there. And even you can go and click on maps. If you go to persecution.com, you click on the map and see what's going on in each nation. And we'll be talking about that on some further episodes. So, all right, well, God bless you. And I hope you enjoyed this and we'll see you in the next episode. If you enjoyed this podcast, be sure to subscribe and you can help spread the word by giving us a five-star review and sharing it with your friends. Visit ryanshoward.org to learn more about how you can advance God's kingdom every day.